you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 49, aka the start of season two of the Banner Banter Podcast. How's everyone doing? I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. The Banner Banter Podcast is back. I'm really excited to be doing another full year of Boston Celtics basketball. I don't know if my stress level is ready for it, but I know I am ready for it. Media day is today. It is Monday, September 30th. So pumped to be back. Check it out. Spotify iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc., etc. You're probably listening on one of those fine podcast applications. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 and then on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. Still got my season tickets coming back for year 12, year 13, in section 315, row 15. Seat numbers are changing this year with the new TD Garden seating arrangements that have been going on. They took out all the yellow seats and put in black ones, and rumor has it the seats are very comfortable, but there's not a lot of leg room in between, and that's why standing in the last row of the balcony is the way to go. Even though they may look like ants down there, you can still see what's going on, and you're comfortable. So shout out to everyone who has last row balcony seats at TD Garden. Guys, today is media day. This is where all the cool stuff happens. So why am I releasing this before all the cool stuff happens? Because... That's how I roll. It's Monday. We can recap Media Day next week. Hopefully, we'll get some good sound bites from the players. Maybe they'll talk about Kyrie. Maybe they won't. I'll talk about what Kyrie Irving had to say in a little bit. But Kyrie Irving is no longer on this basketball team. I will miss Kyrie on the basketball court. I will not miss Kyrie Irving off the basketball court. And I think we can all agree on that. The first day of training camp is tomorrow, Tuesday, October 1st, at the Red Arback Center. I don't know how many sessions they're doing each day. I don't know when it starts, but the whole squad's going to be there. It's a it it's a pretty even though I just stuttered there like it was a Joe and Mystical song. It's a pretty exciting week for the Boston Celtics. You got media day today, first day of training camp tomorrow. The season ticket holders, we all have an invitation to go watch the Celtics do like a ninety to two hour, ninety minute to two hour practice at TD Garden on Saturday, October fifth, and the very first preseason game. Like basketball will be played at TD Garden. This Sunday, so literally in six days. And I think the game, what time's the game? I forgot already because, you know, it's preseason. I think the game's at like 6 o'clock, basically after the Patriots game, and that's and that's all that matters, especially for the time being until the preseason kicks off. So uh, what I'm going to be getting into in the podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to it, is what has everyone been doing all summer? ESPN and Sports Illustrated came out with their player rankings, top 100 players. How many Celtics players made it? Was it four? Was it five? Was it six? Who's going to be at training camp? And then I'm going to preview the first preseason game of the year. No canter banter in this podcast. No banner banter investigation. No stud and dud 
that we'll we'll save that when they actually start playing games. But this will be a lot of information being thrown your way for episode forty nine of the Banner Branch Podcast, season two, ready to go. So right off the bat, what has everyone been up to? We can start off with the rookies. We kind of know a lot about the rookies. You know, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Taco Fall, Max Struss, Romeo Langford. Five out of those six guys played in Las Vegas. Grant Williams was very impressive. He seemed to be like the leader defensively on the floor, which is something that the Celtics will need since they've lost Horford and Aaron Baines. They were the vocal leaders. Obviously, Marcus Smart is the the energy guy, the number one defensive guy on the floor for the Boston Celtics. But Grant Williams, I felt like, did a good job being a leader, doing the little things that Brad Stevens loves. Carson Edwards was obviously very impressive with his shooting and how well he could score the ball, which we are all aware of, you know, just a little nervous about his size, kind of like Isaiah Thomas. And by the way, for those that didn't know, Isaiah Thomas got hurt again, and it will be out six to eight weeks. So he'll probably miss the first couple weeks of the season for the Washington Wizards, but we hope IT4 has a speedy recovery. Taco Fall, we know everything about Taco Fall. He's taking swimming lessons. He's going to Patriots games. He's a large, large man. When I was working at TD Garden, for those of you that don't know, I no longer work at TD Garden. I've moved on, and I'm now working at Big Night Live, which is a brand-new concert venue inside of TD Garden, at, or I should say The Hub on Causeway, which is attached to TD Garden. So check out some shows there. All the tickets went on sale this past Friday on Ticketmaster.com. How's that for a shameless plug? Anyways, but I walked by Taco Fall one day around TD Garden, and he's ginormous. You know, like people are like, oh, this dude's tall. He's ginormous. I've never seen anything like it before in my entire life. He is huge. And then finally, we have Max Strutz. He's a kid from DePaul. Yeah, he's a kid from DePaul who can shoot the lights out. I'm I'm really interested, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. I'm really interested to see who gets this 15th and final spot on the Celtics roster. There's a lot of options to be had, and Max Struss, I think, is going to be my pick for the roster, but we'll, we don't know. And then the one guy who didn't play out in Las Vegas out of the rookies is Romeo Langford. Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last probably three or four episodes, basically my mock draft that I did on Instagram which I'll, I'll probably be doing some more live Instagram stuff on the Instagram page at Banner Banter Podcast during the season, maybe some live post-game updates and then maybe doing full you know weekly game recaps, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't like Romeo Langford. I didn't think he was a great pick for this team because there's already so many wings and so many Jalen Browns and so many Gordon Haywards on this team that there was no need for Romeo Langford. They should have went big. They lost Horford. They lost Baines. But anyways, Romeo Langford... Will his shot be better? Has his shot improved? Has his shooting form gotten better? Because for those of you who don't remember, earlier this summer after he got drafted, the Celtics basically attached a ping-pong paddle, say that, a ping-pong paddle to his left hand, his basically his guide hand, because when you shoot a basketball, if you're a righty, you're obviously pushing and following through with your right hand, and your left hand is just supposed to guide the basketball. It's not supposed to go left. It's not supposed to go right. You're not supposed to push your thumb in. Nothing like that, and that's what happened to Romeo Langford. So what else has been going on with everyone else from the Boston Celtics? Gordon Hayward. Reports are that Gordon Hayward has been out there. He is a gym rat at the Red Auerbach Center in Brighton, Mass. He has been at the gym religiously. He's still playing video games. He's still getting yelled at by his wife, Robin, for not spending enough time with the kids playing video games and stuff. But he has been at the gym a lot. He's been telling reporters that he believes all of his un- all of the unknowns of his injury are now gone, which is obviously great to hear. Obviously, I think we 
including myself. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. Sometimes, keyword being sometimes. I, I fully believe that Gordon Hayward thought he was more ready than what he thought and what we all thought. But I now think a full year NBA schedule under his belt. He's ready to go. He knows what's going to work for him. He knows what doesn't work for him. And hopefully he can get back to being that all-star player that we all expecting or were expecting for him to be before he had that gruesome injury on opening night against Cleveland Cavaliers a couple of years ago. Team USA Basketball. We all know what happened with Team USA Basketball. It was a disgusting, embarrassing performance by everyone on their team, even though it was basically like the D squad. You know, the A squad didn't want to do it, then the B squad, then maybe a couple of the guys from the C squad. But overall, Team USA Basketball in the FIBA Cup was terrible. I think they finished sixth, seventh. If Team USA Basketball doesn't finish first, it's bad. It's absolutely bad and embarrassing. Kemba Walker played, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they all went to Australia. Kemba had, like, a really good four or five games. You know, he distributed the ball pretty well. He scored a lot of points. But the one game where they lost to France, Nicholas Batoon, Vincent Puy, and a few other people like Rudy Gobert. By the way, I'm going to be talking about Vincent Puy uh, a lot this season, and, and I'm looking forward to it. But Kemba was not very good against the game that Team USA lost against France. He was borderline terrible. Jason Tatum, I think it was the third game in, yeah, right before they played France, or was it the second game in? I think it was the second game in. He had a sprained ankle. It looked really bad. It looked really, really gross. It really wasn't great for Team USA because Tatum was a starter. And I'm just, I just hope the ankle's healthy. I hope they don't push Tatum back. I didn't want Tatum to come back in any way, shape, or form, and he didn't. So hopefully a training camp, Brad, can kind of treat him the same way. Marcus Smart... As you guys remember from the last Banner Branch podcast in episode 48, we talked about how Marcus Smart, I think he had a thigh injury or groin injury, or maybe he rolled his ankle. But anyways, he had multiple injuries before they went out to Australia for the FIBA Cup. If, is it called the FIBA Cup? or is it, I know it's FIBA, but is it? Anyway, let's just call it the FIBA Cup. And if I'm wrong, I don't know. Let me know. Email me at bannerbanterpodcast.gmail.com. But Marcus Smart was injured. He played fine when he was out there. But... One thing that I was very interested in, and I'm glad the coach of Team USA, Greg Popovich, who's also the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, who I also met at one time after Celtics game, very, very nice guy, by the way, and one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time. He played Jalen Brown at the four a lot, and I was really impressed with how well Jalen Brown did on the post, like defending guys that are bigger than him. Obviously, Marcus Smart is very good at defending guys. Um that are much, much bigger than him because he has no problem throwing his body around. But I was just interested to see how Jalen Brown did it, and I feel like he did a reasonable job against some pretty decent world competition. So I was very impressed with how well Jalen played that four. But the question is, if you play the 76ers, can Jalen Brown play the four? Can he guard Al Horford on the block? I don't know, because I feel like he, he probably has a hard time guarding Ben Simmons on the block, and Al Horford would is probably a little bit heavier than Ben Simmons. I don't think it's a lot, but, I mean, Al Horford would, could bang and bump Jalen Brown to the ground in, in the block. So, I, ugh, yeah, no, he, he looked, I feel like FIBA versus the NBA is a little bit different, but I think FIBA is a little bit more physical, but... Jalen Brown did a, did a pretty good job, but I just don't know if it's going to be something that I want to see a lot. I don't know if I want to see Jalen at the four a lot. And then, obviously, the big story going in for Jalen Brown this season is Jalen Brown's basically on a contract here. He has an opportunity to have a rookie extension 
a max rookie extension given to him at five years, $175 million a year. And I personally would not give Jalen Brown that type of money at all. Um, he's not an all-star in my opinion. He might be this year. If he really wants it, then sure. Then we can have the conversation when it comes. But in a, in episode 51, I'm going to give you my preview and my expectations of every single player in the upcoming season for the Boston Celtics. And Jalen Brown's going to be a big focus because if you guys remember in season one, probably episode one to episode 48, I was really hard on Jalen Brown. I expected a lot of things on Jalen Brown. It was year three. He was supposed to have a huge jump, and he did not do that. Um, just like we're expecting Jason Tatum to get back to what he was in season one of his career versus last year, season two, I feel like he did take a few steps back, and I feel like we can all admit that. And Jalen Brown cannot take any steps back this year. He has to improve a great deal because you got to think of the other people who got rookie extensions, max rookie extensions. Devin Booker. You taking Devin Booker or Jalen Brown? Devin Booker. All day. Jamal Murray or Jalen Brown? Sure, maybe it's a push. Jamal Murray, I know, can give me 20 points a night. No questions asked. Jalen's obviously a, a much better defender than Jamal Murray, he, especially against wing players, which, you know, the LeBron Jameses of the world, the James Hardens of the world, wing players that you're going to have to defend against. You don't want Jamal Murray there. And then other guys like Ben Simmons, who's an all-star and a walking double-double, those guys deserve it. Sure, I know Ben Simmons is a coward and can't shoot a three-pointer. And sure, all those summer videos of him in the gym shooting jumpers, like, congratulations to the 76ers on that. But, like, those are the type of guys that deserve five-year, $175 million deals, not someone who can barely hit any free throws, which is Jalen Brown. And one of the craziest things that I saw in this FIBA Cup when I was watching ESPN Plus Celtics or Team USA Celtics is what a lot of people called it, because a lot of people did blame the Celtics on how bad that they played in the FIBA Cup. And sure, four guys, it was a, th a fourth of the team, a third of the team, whatever the hell you want to call it, were Celtics players. So a lot of them put blame on it. And the Celtics missed six straight fourth quarter free throws against France. Kemba missed three in a row or two in a row. And then Jalen missed two. Marcus Smart missed two. It was terrible. And Folks, the Boston Celtics free throw shooting, I'm telling you this right now, is something that I am going to focus on a lot this year. Like, a lot. The Celtics free throw shooting has to be better. So much better. I think last year, as a team, I don't even think that they shot 80%. Let's see. As a team, they shot 80.2% from the free throw line. Unbelievable. Their opponent shot 76%. Absolutely unbelievable. They ranked fourth in the NBA. Unbelievable. I I think I think the Celtics free throw shooting sucks. And here they are. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, 87%. Tatum, 85%. Horford, 82%. Marcus Morris, 84%. Marcus Smart, 80%. So they're... Th Three out of their top five best free throw shooters are leaving. Oh, and Aaron Baines. So, yeah, it's actually Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Aaron Baines, Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. Those are your top six. And <laughs> Marcus Morris, gone. Aaron Baines, gone. Kyrie Irving, gone. So, yeah, like Marcus Smart, 80%. Jalen Brown is a 65% free throw shooter. Robert, uh, I'm, yeah, Robert Williams, the Time Lord, 60%. Semi Ojale, 61%. Tice, 73%. That's not good at all. 
Jalen Brown cannot be a 65% free throw shooter this year. The Celtics have to make their fourth quarter free throws this year. That I might call this the fourth quarter free throw podcast if things don't change quickly at the free throw line for this Boston Celtics team. But anyways, that's basically a roundup of everyone who kind of played over the summer. Obviously, Vincent Pouy from France, now on the Celtics, backed up Rudy Gobert, didn't get a lot of minutes in FIBA Cup, but when he did, he was active. He ran the floor. He's unbelievable in pick-and-roll situations. I was very, very impressed. But really the highlight to me of the summer for the Boston Celtics outside the Summer League guys and Kemba's performances, yeah, for the most part, in Team USA basketball was Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor gave out 50 free, not 53, but 50 free, as in free 99. The price was free for 50 basketball camps in 25 or more states. I think it was like 30, but I know it was more than 25, but I know it wasn't more than 30. I forget what I read, but this guy gave out free basketball camps to kids all summer. 50 of them. That's incredible. Good for him. I salute you, Ennis Cantor. I'm telling you, Ennis Cantor is going to be a fan favorite. I I love the guy. He's so honest. He's a lot of fun. He even won a WWE title. No joke. He was in New York. He's been, you know, he's been fooling around practicing to be like a wrestler and stuff. He might be like when he retires, he could be like, you know, a Turkish heel, if you will, you know, one of the bad guys. And he, WWE now has this title called 24-7 where it's up for grabs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he actually won it. And after he won it, in the middle of Madison Square Garden, remember, he's a former Nick, in the middle of Madison Square Garden, just pulled down his zipper, whipped out his Celtics jersey. Absolutely unbelievable. So props to Ennis Cantor for doing that. That was really, really, really cool. Now, rankings. I didn't really want to do rankings this soon because in episode 50, I'm going to be talking about like, I'll, I'll obviously recap the first preseason game. I will preview the next preseason game against the Orlando Magic down in Orlando next Friday, October 11th, I believe that's the date. And then I'm going to talk about other NBA teams and how well they're going to do and how they're going to match up against the Boston Celtics. And then in episode 51, I was going to kind of do like player predictions and my expectations, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago. But ESPN and Sports Illustrated came out with their preseason player rankings, their top 100 players. So five Celtics made both lists. So can you name the five players? I'll give you two seconds to guess. Okay, great. So Sports Illustrated had Marcus Smart at 82. Okay. Jalen Brown at 69. Hmm. All right. Gordon uh, Gordon Hayward at 59. Interesting. Jason Tatum at 35. Beyond reasonable. Kemba Walker at 20. Spot on. ESPN had Marcus Smart at 87. Gordon Hayward at 65, Jalen Brown at 51, Jason Tatum again at 35, and then Kemba at 20. I mean, I'm sorry, Kemba at 17. So I feel like Jason Tatum being 35, both lists, I think that's pretty reasonable. I think Jason Tatum is has a chance to be an all-star this year. I really and truly think Kemba and Jason Tatum, if I had to tell you right now, what two people I think could make the all-star team for the Boston Celtics, it's got to be Tatum and Kemba Walker. It has to be. Not like I want it to be. It has to be. 
Jason Tatum has to be an all-star this year. Not like if he doesn't make the team, I'm going to be pissed, but like he has to play at an all-star caliber. <laughs> caliber. <laughs> I can't even speak English. He has to be that all-star type player for this basketball team because we all know Kemba is, and Kemba will be that type. Now, Jalen at 69 and at 51, a lot of people like Jalen Brown. A lot of people don't like Jalen Brown, so that makes sense. And then Gordon Hayward at 59 and at 65, that kind of averages itself out. You know, he's a top 60 player in the league, but he has that top potential of being a top 35, top 40 player in the league if he can get back to his old self. And if all those injury unknowns that he keeps talking about, then sure, I'm all for it. I, I I think Gordon Hayward could be that, but the thing that I'm most I'm I can't I did not like Marcus Smart for a really long time. I thought he was overrated. I hated his shooting. I thought like he just tried too hard. Like I love guys that give it all, their all, especially in the city of Boston. But I felt like he was just going like above and beyond, and it was like almost like he was trying to like show off with it. And that's why like I didn't really let, like him that much. But this past season, I became. A Marcus Smart fan. I'll admit that. I, I was very impressed with what he did. I was very happy that he won first team all NBA defense. That's incredible for someone who didn't start the year off as a starter. He basically was only a starter because Brad told all right, I'm sorry, Kyrie told Brad, like, I love playing next to him, put him in the starting lineup, and Brad was like, Okay, whatever you say. So that's the only reason why Marcus Smart probably got as many minutes as he did. But last year, Marcus Smart was fifty fourth on the ESPN list. He got first team all NBA defense and now he's 87th. So he dropped 33 spots. But Gordon Hayward dropped like 10. What? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't make sense to you. Let's be serious. It's it's bizarre. But then again, it's only rankings. You don't play my hits. I don't give a shit. So, training camp. It starts tomorrow, October 1st. I can't believe we're already in October. It's quarter zip season, Celtics season. I'm pumped for it. So who's going to be at training camp? There's 20 guys. As far as far as I know, I could be wrong. I could have missed some information. I missed a tweet here or there. But I feel like I got this pretty spot on. We got Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Ennis Cantor, Daniel Tice, Semi Ojale, The Time Lord, Vincent Puy. Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Romeo Langford, Brad Wanamaker, Taco Fall, Javante Green, pretty good guy, especially in the G League, Max Struss, Bryce Brown, kid from Auburn, and I don't know if it's Kaiser or Kaiser. It's K-A-I-S-E-R. So I'm going to go Kaiser Gates, who played for Xavier. Bryce Brown was part of the Auburn team that made it to the Final Four that, oh, God, who did they lose to? It was the national championship game. Oh, my God. I'm having a huge brain fart. Who won the national? It wasn't Duke, so I don't care. Um, but, yeah, he was part of – Bryce Brown was part of that very good Auburn team that was very, 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 very impressive. So if we're going to do position by position, what's actually going on? So guards, you got Kemba, Marcus Smart, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Brad Wanamaker, Bryce Brown, and Romeo Langford. Forwards, you have Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, Javante Green, Max Struss, and Kaiser Gates, or Kaiser Gates, whatever the case may be. And my little thing just fell, so give me a second. (laughs) 
And then at the center position, we have Daniel Tice, the Time Lord, Vincent Puglia, Taco Fall, and Ennis Cantor. Very interesting. So going into media day today, training camp tomorrow, this is my prediction on who I think is going to make the team. Again, this could all change. I could look at the very first preseason game against the Charlotte Hornets and be like, nope, things are changing. But right now, I think it's going to be Kemba, obviously, Marcus Smart, Gordon, Marcus Smart, right? Yeah, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Cantor, Tice, Semi, Time Lord, Vincent Bleu, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Brad Wanamaker, Romeo Langford, and Max Struss, which means Taco Fall is going up to Portland, Maine to play for the Maine Red Claws. I'm sorry. I know everyone wants to see Taco. I, I do think that Taco will play a game for the Boston Celtics this season, and I will make sure that I take my buddy Brian Schmidt with me because I know he will only attend a Celtics game with me if Taco Fall is playing. So now that that's basically in writing on the airwaves, it has to be official, and hopefully he's listening. So that's that. The reason why I pick Max Strutz is because I think if the Celtics need some shooting, a.k.a. they're going to rely on Romeo Langford to do that, and I don't think Romeo Langford can do that, they're going to call Max Strutz's name. He's a reasonable guy. I think he's, I don't want to say he's like big enough to like to help out in any way, but I mean, he's 6'6", 215. Romeo Langford, how big is Romeo? He, yeah. He's also 6'6", 215, so they're literally the same exact size. Max Struss is, I think, 23, and Romeo's 20, but Max Struss can shoot the ball so much better than Romeo Langford. So I do think that Brad will give him an opportunity to make the team. I really and truly think that. All right, so what am I looking for in the very first preseason game on Sunday? Uh, Obviously, I'm not looking for a lot, but I have three questions going into it. Who is going to be in the starting lineup? Who is going to fill up Terry Rozier's minutes? And where does the Time Lord fit in? So we'll start off with the starters. This is my prediction on who I think the starters are going to be on Sunday. Again, not for the regular season, just on Sunday. And on episode 50 or 51, I will give you my predictions, most likely episode 51. I will give you my predictions on where I think the Celtics will be with their starting lives because injuries can happen. Players can improve. Players can fit in better than others. So I think it's going to be Kemba Walker at the one, Marcus Smart at the two, Jalen Brown at the three, Jason Tatum at the four, and then Vincent at the five. Absolutely, 1,000%. I think Cantor, I think a, a bench of Cantor, Gordon Hayward, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and then one of the starters, because I think the Celtics go eight or nine deep. I think, or Tice or Shemi along those lines, but I think Cantor, Hayward, Grant Williams, and Carson Edwards, I feel like could be a lot of fun. Maybe not defensively, but I think they could be could be pretty fun. So, so that's what I'm going to go with. Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Vincent Pouillet. So then the next question is, who is going to fill up Terry Rozier's minutes? Obviously, when I do my full season preview, I'm going to talk about who's going to take Bain's minutes, who's going to take Horford's minutes, how's the defense going to change. I I have it all ready to go and prep for you because I've been thinking about it a lot, especially the Al Horford role, who's going to be the facilitator outside of Kemba. Because a lot of people don't remember or, you know, want to forget this, but Kyrie led the team in assists. Kyrie had his best year 
distributing the ball last year with the Boston Celtics. And remember, no one wanted to play with him. So imagine what would have happened if people wanted to play with him. And Al Horford, very good distributing the basketball. So I think Cantor and Poirier, or sorry, I didn't say it right, Vincent Poirier, I think they would be really, really good together. I think Poirier and Cantor are very good off the pick and roll, so that will help Kemba and his assist numbers a great deal and also open the floor for open shots for Tatum and Brown and Hayward and Smart, whoever's in the game. Okay, but who is going to play that Terry Rozier role and hopefully play better than him? Because we all know my thoughts on Terry Rozier. I can't wait to boo him on Sunday. You can shoot him to the bleeping moon. You can shoot him right to the moon. Is it going to be Brad Wanamaker? Is it going to be Carson Edwards? Is it going to be Romeo Langford? Or is Brad going to split some of those minutes between Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward or Marcus Smart? I don't know. I could see Smart getting more minutes. I could see Carson Edwards playing a support. A surprise amount of minutes, or uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation now that I think about it more and more. And I probably shouldn't have thought, of, I probably should have thought about it more and more before I actually started recording this. But you know, is Marcus Smart going to get five more minutes a game, and then Carson Edwards plays fifteen, and then the other two go to Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown? You know, or does Kemba play more of a role? Because, you know, Kyrie did play a lot of minutes towards the end of the year, especially in the playoffs. I'm, You know, he was up to like 37, 38, maybe even 40 minutes a game sometimes. So that will be very, very interesting. And then you have Robert Williams the third, a.k.a. Time Lord. Where does he fit in? You know, you got Vincent Poole, you got Anis Cantor. Those are going to be like your centers with the most minutes. Does Brad trust Robert Williams at the four? Can you have Cantor? And Robert Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord, in there at the same time. Cantor's not a really good defender. Robert Williams is a good defender. I, I mean, not a great defender in any ways, but he's a good shot blocker. Cantor can barely jump over a Sunday afternoon Boston Globe. Who knows? But we need, we need bigs. Do you trust Daniel Tice or Robert Williams right now? Daniel Tice can spread the floor. He can hit a three-pointer every, every once in a while. Robert Williams can really only jump off a pick-and-roll alley-oop and cat like he can't really shoot a jumper that well. Maybe he improved that over the summer, which is what I'm looking for in preseason. Can Robert Williams improve offensively because we all know how good of a shot blocker he is and how good he is defensively, and he's a reasonable rebounder. So where does he fit in? Does Brad trust Tice more than Time Lord? Can Time Lord play with Cantor? Is it going to be, you know, like if they were to do five-on-five five, – the starters are Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, Jason, and Poulier versus Edwards, Hayward, Grant Williams, Time Lord, and Cantor. Like, is that what it's going to be? I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting. So, but the other thing is, is like, if you do play Time Lord at the four and Cantor at the five, and let's say you're playing the 76ers, for example, and Embiid's out in foul, foul trouble and Horford's playing the five, Time Lord can't guard Tobias Harris at the four because Tobias Harris is good enough to play the four. So he's, you know, he can play Horford on the block, but he can't play Tobias Harris out in the wing. So that I'm, I'm really interested to see where the Time Lord fits in. And if he gets frustrated with his minutes, if he sees Grant Williams playing more than him or if he sees Cantor, Poirier scoring more than him. So it'll be very, very interesting. Now, to finish off the preview for the first preseason game of the year against the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday afternoon at TD Garden, 
what what type of issues do the Hornets give the Celtics? I mean, if you guys remember last year, the very first preseason game, it, it was down at uh, Chapel Hill where the University of North Carolina Tar Heels play, who suck, by the way, Duke forever. Um, the Celtics were down seven. Uh, I'm sorry. The Celtics were winning by 17 after the first quarter, 15 at halftime, and then they allowed 39 points in the third and lost by four. It was a pretty embarrassing performance, and I felt like... <laughs> You know, I feel I know it was just preseason. Not a lot of people want to talk about it, but I feel like that was kind of a moment where you were just like, "Is that where the team like really lost it? Like the very first time they really all played together?" You know, but I, I don't think it is. Obviously, you have Miles Bridges on that team. He's good. He can jump through the ceiling. You have Michael Kid Kid Gilchrist, who I'm just over. His shot sucks. He's an athletic kid, but like. You know, he's over and done with. Let's move on. I'm not afraid of him in any way, shape, or form. Another Kentucky kid that just didn't work out in the NBA. Then you have Bizback Biombo. Um, good center. Could probably get a, you know, what you want the Time Lord to be rebounding-wise, but defensively I'll take the Time Lord. Yeah, um, I'm not concerned about Bizback Biombo. One, one player that I am really interested in watching uh, with the Hornets, P.J. Washington, another kid from Kentucky. I felt like if... He was available for the Celtics to take at 14 instead of Romeo Langford to take him just a really athletic big man, like long, kind of like John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks, long, athletic, can get rebounds, can jump high, can can do all the dirty work for you off the bench, and I thought that was good. Obviously, the Hornets also have Malik Monk and Nicholas Batum, who can shoot the lights out. Nicholas Batum plays on you know the France team that Team USA basketball lost to in the FIBA Cup. And then you have my boy, Terry Rozier. Scary Terry, a.k.a. shoot him to the bleeping moon because he sucks. Terry Rozier is their new Kemba Walker. Ter- Terry Rozier is going to be their starting point guard. How is Terry going to play? Is he going to take this game seriously, or is he going to wait until... When do the Hornets actually come? The Hornets' first time at TD Garden for a regular season game is Thursday night, 7 o'clock. I'm sorry, Thursday. It's a Thursday night game, November 7th at 8 o'clock. Will Terry Rogier actually take it seriously then, or is he going to take it seriously now? Back in the garden for the first time. Are people going to cheer him? They shouldn't. He sucked last year. His head got too big, etc., etc. So, obviously, I think the Celtics win this game. They should. The Hornets are supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. They'll probably be a top five lottery team to hopefully get a number one draft pick because I don't think. Charlotte should lose an NBA franchise like they have before when they went from, you know, Charlotte to New Orleans and then the Bobcats and it was it was bad. It was really really bad. But that's it for episode 49 of the Banner Banter podcast. I'm back at season 2. Check me out on all my social medias, Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18, Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter podcast. You can email me if you have su- suggestions for the podcast. If you have any questions about the podcast, you can email me at bannerbanterpodcast@gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play Music. So when I do post this, you get an alert and you can listen more and enjoy it more. If you haven't given me a rating, by all means, please give me a five-star rating. That would be preferred. Thank you very much. And that's it. Thanks again for listening. Again, and I know I just stuttered again, like another Joe and Mystical song, but check it out. Media Day today, September 30th. If you're not listening September 30th and you're listening October 1st, guess what? It's the first day of training camp. And if you're not listening on either of those days, the Celtics are currently 
in training camp. Season ticket holder practice on Friday, I mean on Saturday afternoon at TD Garden. I'll be there. Come and find me if needed. And then Sunday, Boston Celtics basketball is back. Who cares if it's preseason? They're back. And I'm glad to be back with all of you talking about the Boston Celtics as your favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder. My name's Timmy G. Thanks again so much for listening. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.